And you know, it wasn't that he told me not to quit. It was the fact that I watched my dad not quit. And to this day, I watch him, you know, my mom's gone home to be with the Lord, and I watch my dad, and my dad just doesn't quit. And, you know, I shared with you today to pray for him because, you know, he's kind of sitting around the house now, so I'm going to have a conversation with him, so you pray for me. I'm going to talk to him about what I'm telling you tonight. <laughs> hey, Dad, do you remember sharing with me one time? Don't quit. Do you know in the Christian life, the Christian life is not a life of quitting. It's a life of overcoming. And when I read this passage, and he said, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. If you're here tonight, you're born again. Say amen. <laughs> We've been born again. <laughs> we have overcome the world. Amen. But we have done it through Christ Jesus. And I, I think about the fact that we're overcomers. And our Christian life should be a view of, of victory. That should be our perspective. We're, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. And, and, and we shouldn't quit in our Christian life. And our conquest or our means of success in this life is found in the Word of God. And when I look to the Word of God, I realize that it's through Christ Jesus that I'll have those victories. I have victory in Christ already. And, and you know, we sing the song, Victory in Jesus. And, and we talk about how he's the victor. And we see all of those things. But listen, when hard times come, when circumstances get rough, when things aren't the way they seem to uh, ought to be for us, we've got to remember that. We've been born again, and, and God, the Lord Jesus Christ, have overcome this world. Amen? So I want you to challenge yourselves as you look at this with me tonight. And this isn't that, you know, we own or overtake or we overcome temptations and struggles uh, by ourselves daily, but that we do it through Christ Jesus. We're able to accomplish it through Christ. Now, the challenge that I want you to think about is this. Are you overcoming the daily challenges that this world presents to you? And we do face daily challenges. How many of you admit that? I mean, there's challenges every day. I mean, there's stuff that we face every day. Every day we face stuff. And, and so the challenge is, is are you doing it through faith in God? Are you trusting God in those situations? In other words, when you are faced with that, are you an overcomer? Or are you just under your circumstances? Are you just letting them overtake you? And, and here's the thing. To be an overcomer, we have to trust Christ. We have to give our faith over to him. We have to really trust him. Now, when you face your trial, remind yourself that you are not under your circumstances. I've shared this with you many times, but that you're an overcomer. And this passage clearly teaches me, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Isn't that what that passage says? So how many of you are born again tonight? Say amen. Raise your hand. I'm saved. <laughs> I am born again. Therefore, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the what? The world around us. This world has no hold on us. And, and what we have to challenge ourselves with is when the, the, the circumstances come, when the hardships come, we have victory. Amen? We already have it. And we are not fighting for it. We're fighting from victory. And I believe an overcomer in the world must recognize two faithful truths. One of the facts is, is that he says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. What helps you? What helps you in your times of trial? See, this passage clearly says that we have overcome the world through Faith. That's how you do it. And so that is the victory. Our faith is the victory. How many of us sing the song, faith is the what? 
We sing these songs all the time. But how many of us connect them to what God has said in the scriptures? And so what we see here is that our faith is the victory. That's where we go to in our times of trials. And the other thing is this. You must believe God. You must believe him. Listen, we cannot go half-heartedly to God. We must pray believing that he is and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently what? Seek him. We just have to believe God. And you say, how do you do that? When you pick this up, just know that it's truth. There is not a single solitary lie or contradiction in this book. Amen? When you pick this up and you read this, know that he is telling you the truth. You can count on him. Hey, listen, you know the other thing is? You can count on the promises. The promises that are in this book... Don't discount anything God says. Well, he does that for other people, but he doesn't do it for me. Posh. He does it for everybody. He does it for everybody who believes in him. I want you to consider something tonight about overcoming and being an overcomer. And one of the things is an overcomer recognizes victory through our faith. Our faith is the victory. We have to see things through faith through the eyes that God has now given us. You know, I thought about how victory is always such a sweet thing. I can't imagine how those Browns fans felt the other night. Now, you know, I make jokes about that all the time. But here you've got a group of people for two years pleading to even win a single solitary game. That's amazing to me. Now, that, friends, is a fanatic if they were still going to the games at the end of two years. I thought the other night when they were showing the news clips, I thought for sure they had won the Super Bowl. I thought time had passed me by. How exciting it was. Let me tell you something. Victory is a sweet thing, isn't it? Victory is exciting, isn't it? Now, here's what I'm sharing with you. We have the victory. We ought to be like that all the time about our Savior. We ought to be like that about that all the time with our relationship with God. And, and listen, it can bring forth some very powerful, powerful emotions. We as believers in Christ have victory in this present world. And that comes by the power of our Savior. Now here's the thing. Don't allow yourself to succumb to the philosophies of the world. And, and, and what we do is we listen, we'll listen to the news. I mean, you would think, man, we might as well just shut the shades, shut the doors, close the, everything down, turn the lights off and forget it all. I mean, just watch the news for a half hour. And the reality is, is the last time I checked, it says in Revelation 19, 6, Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Amen. God hadn't given up. And why would we? And so what he's looking for is for us to approach this world from a place of victory. And when I think about this, when we speak of victory for, from the Christian perspective, we're talking about what Christ has already accomplished for us. Now, the word victory is our conquest or our means of success, which uh, for the Christian, we find that in Christ Jesus. Let me give you uh, a couple of verses here. You just write these down. We're not going to turn to all these. But think about this in John 16, 33. The Bible says this. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. <laughs> Be of good cheer. Go ahead, you can say it. I have what? Overcome the what? <laughs> now, I just want you to consider this for a moment. He's talking to us, isn't he? What did he just tell us? Hey, listen, you're going to have some problems. 
But guess what? <laughs> I beat it all. Isn't that wonderful? I got it all under control. He said, listen, have some peace in your heart about that. Don't be so bogged down in your problems. He tells us in this passage when I read this that you might have peace. Now, I've shared this with you many times. My mom used to chase us out of the house. She should say, you kids, get out of here. I want some, what? Peace and quiet. Do you know this is a very different kind of peace that he's talking about? Amen? This is, I can have chaos going on around me, yet internally I'm okay. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, even when it is in chaos around me, I have the peace of God with me. When I look at this passage and he says, in the world ye shall have tribulation. And then, you know, I read the scripture sometimes and I'm thinking, okay, I got trouble. And then he says this, but be of good cheer. Yeah, I'm going to get all excited about that. And the reality is, is we should. Because he tells us right here in the Bible, I've overcome the world. <laughs> you don't have any problems. And so when we read the scriptures, he tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of, uh, of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> we already have it. We have the victory. How many of you feel like that tonight? You look like you're just drained, man. Look like somebody just took and hooked the battery up to you and sucked the life out of you. Hey, listen, we have the victory in Christ. Now, here's the thing. The word overcometh is to pursue or to conquer, to prevail. And that's what our position is in Christ. If you're a born-again believer, then you have the victory already. This means we have victory over the prince of the power of this air. Our faith in God is what helps us overcome this world. And it's defined in the scriptures. And it says, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I told you this before about this. When you read that passage, it says, now, faith. It's not sometime later. It's in the present. It's in the moment. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't see Jesus Christ, but I know heaven is my home. Amen? I'm fighting from victory, not for it. And the thing of it is, is all the circumstances, all the tribulation that I have in the world, God says, have peace in your heart. I've already overcome all this. How many of us have no fingernails? Because we worry too much. <laughs> How many of us drink too much Pepto-Bismol because we're stressed? How many of us put our head on a pillow at night and instead of going to sleep, we wrestle with that pillow all night long? Would you say that's peace or turmoil? You know, we need to get a hold of the fact that he's overcome the world. As believers, we need to get to the place where we go, Whew, he's got it. <laughs> I just need to trust him. Now, faith. Now, not sometime in the future. Now, faith. And when we get a hold of this, we get to the place where we realize that this is not our permanent home. Listen, this, this present world, this present residence is not our permanent residence. Amen? How many of you get that? Huh? 
I mean, Hebrews, you just read Hebrews, it tells us this is not our permanent residence. But boy, you would think this is our permanent residence, and that's going to be temporary. <laughs> we ought to be more focused on the permanent and less focused on the temporary. Amen? And, and, and what happens is, as we work ourselves up into a lather, that's my grandmother used to say that all the time, you're just working yourself up into a lather. I don't know what that meant. I think it's when you soap yourself up. Is that what it is? Like you soap yourself up into a lather? I don't know. Grandma will say, you're all upset. You're working yourself up into a lather. <laughs> okay, Grandma. <laughs> she also told me to clean the nooks and crannies, too. Never found the nook nor a cranny, but I know I was supposed to clean them. <laughs> I'd, call, I'd call her in and say, Grandma, what do you think of the nooks and crannies? She said, they look great. <laughs> I never knew what a nook was nor a cranny. <laughs> we live from day to day like this is our permanent residence. But you know what we got to do? we got to change our focus. <laughs> Set your affections on things above, not on things of the what? Earth. We've got to set our affections on things above. Second Peter 2, 19 and 20, he says, While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought into bondage. I want to tell you something. I read that passage and you say, yeah, you know, those corrupt people, man, they, they're overcome. But do you know I can take that passage and say the same thing? If I'm overcome with Christ, I'm in bondage to him. Amen? <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. Because if I'm in bondage to Christ, if I'm a slave to my Savior, then I'm not a slave to the world. And when I read this passage, he said, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Listen, I want to tell you something. There are a lot of things that you can go and get yourself entangled with in this world, but it's going to draw you down. It's going to cause a downward spiral in your life. And what God encourages us to do is to trust him. Trust him for the victory. In Revelation, the term overcometh, it's used 12 times in the form of victory for the Christian. 12 times in the book of Revelation, the word overcometh is in there. When, when I look at this in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. <laughs> How do you overcome things? You see, the blood's been spilt. It's been spent. God's already taken care of a lot of things. And we get so worked up and we get so caught up in this present world, we can't think about the permanent world. What's to come? We're so caught up in the moment. And that, folks, is not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't see heaven right now, but, man, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't see Christ right now. But I know he's there. Amen. I, I can't see a lot of things, but I know that God's word is truth. And I know it holds true. I know his promises will not fail us. I know that when I read the scriptures, the faith that I place in my Savior will not fail me. If I believe he can take my soul to heaven, he can help me overcome any tribulation, any trial, any circumstance that I face. That's who our Savior is. You say, well, preacher, you haven't faced anything yet. Hey, let me tell you something. In 53 years, we've faced a lot as a family. We've had plenty of tragedies in our home. There are things that I could tell you, stories I could tell you from this pulpit that would cause your hair to curl. But the fact is, is I have a Savior that has helped us overcome those things. Amen. I have a Savior who's done things in my life. I can't even explain to you some of the things that he's done for me. But I have faith that he did them, not me, myself, but I have praise for my Savior because of what he accomplished. 
It's the things that he has done. I've watched him do miraculous things in my own family. I have watched souls come to Christ in my own family. People whom I would never think for a lifetime would ever get saved. And I've watched God save their souls. Faith is the victory, isn't it? And listen, that's what helps us overcome this world. Now, we have the victory. Therefore, we're to carry that belief with us. And he said, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their own lives unto death. Listen, when we think that our life is more important than his, we get crossed. His life is far more important than ours. Who he is should be very significant to us. When you go in and you read Colossians and you look at that, it says that he is to have preeminence. And you say, well, he's got first place. Hey, listen, it is up here. He's number one, and he should be that way in my life, in my home, in my heart, in my thoughts, in my attitude, in my spirit, in my actions, in my finances, in my family, in my relationships, and everything else. He should be right here, preeminent, above all things. The thing of it is, no matter what I go through, I can count on him to carry me through, amen? And that is faith. Faith is that victory. We have the victory, therefore we're to carry that belief. Listen, you've got to trust Christ to overcome any challenges that you face. You've got to trust him. And here's the challenge for you. Think about this for just a moment. When you face your next trial, when you're, when you're really under the gun, I want you to think about this. And I say that under the gun, under the circumstances, right? We're under those things. I want you to go in and read that passage. And that passage says, anything that is born of God overcometh the what? World. And I want you to have faith in God that he's going to carry you through it. He's going to help you get through it. He's going to give you wisdom. He'll give you clarity of thought. All the things that we think that we don't have that we need, God provides it. And even in those hardships and in those hard times and in those hard circumstances, how many of you men in this room right now have run into a situation and you thought, I don't know how to fix this. I don't have an answer. I don't know what to do about this. And what does the scriptures teach us? If any of you lack wisdom, do what? Let him ask of whom? God, who giveth all men liberally and abradeth not, it shall be given him. God promised us in the scriptures he'd help you, wouldn't he? He promised you that he would give you the wisdom that you need. And there are times when we face things in our lives and we're not sure what to do. And then some of us are a little too prideful to admit we don't know what to do. <laughs> Pride gets in the way, doesn't it? Pride will cause you to fall. It'll cause destruction. The reality is, is admit that first and then ask God to give you some wisdom, amen? And you'd be shocked at what God can and will do for you and provide for you. You see, faith is the victory. You say, you don't know my circumstances. There ain't no way God will be able to fix this. If you believe that, you don't believe God. If you believe that, you don't believe God. You have to trust the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God can fix anything. With God, nothing is impossible. Amen? With God, all things are possible. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't see that happening, Pastor. I can't see God doing that. I can't see how that outcome's going to be. How is that possible? Faith. 
I'm not saying stupidity. I'm saying faith in God. I'm saying trust God. Hey, you got a problem in your marriage? You ought to talk to God. You got a problem with a, a, a friend or a neighbor or a cousin or a relative? Talk to God. You would be shocked at what God is capable of doing. In fact, how many of you have tried to talk to someone at some point and you realize they're really not listening to you? Anybody ever have that happen to them? And you're really trying to communicate to someone. You're letting them know and you realize they're just not listening. Hey, tell God. God will get through to them. You say, how's he going to do that? With God, all things are possible, are they not? <laughs> Nothing is impossible with God. But Pastor, I don't know how my Uncle Ralph's going to get saved or my Aunt Ella's going to get saved. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't either, but I know there's a God that does, amen? And you say, but you don't know their life and you don't know what they're doing and you don't know how they're behaving and you don't know how they dress and you don't know how they talk and you don't know how they live. I don't care. God does. And faith is the victory. Not us. Our faith in him. God can cause things to happen. Amen? I always think of King Hezekiah. His back was up against the wall, was it not? And whenever they were coming in and the troops were coming in and he receives the letter, it's not a letter that he wanted to read. It's not a letter that he wanted those people to hear the voice of this negativity of that they're going to take down the kingdom and all this stuff and put down their God and do all these things. And he takes that letter and he goes to Isaiah and they go into the house of the Lord and he spreads it before the Lord. And the next day, there's a bunch of corpses out there instead of an army, wasn't there? Amen. Do you know... That is the same God we serve today. <laughs> he hadn't changed. Hey, we say God is immutable, don't we? That's a big word to say that he's unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and how much? Forever. So if he is, and that is true, then the King Hezekiah that served the God of heaven is the same God you serve today because he is the same yesterday, today, and how long? He's not changed. Do you know what I think it takes? A life of prayer. Really turning ourselves over to God. Trusting Him. When you face your next trial, be reminded you're not under your circumstances, man. You are an overcomer. The Scriptures promised me that. And then He says this. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? He's asking it in the form of a question. And he, he's saying to you and to me, I want you to kind of get a hold of this. It's a rhetorical question. He says, you know, I want you to understand this faith. <laughs> and you have to really trust Jesus Christ to be an overcomer. I really believe this with all my heart. You've got to keep your eyes on Christ. Amen? What happened to Peter when he didn't? They were out in the boat on the water. What happened? And, I, you know, by the way, he said, come. I, he didn't say, come, Peter. He said, come. Peter was the only one who got out of the boat. I give him credit, amen. He got out the boat. <laughs> when he started walking and he began to look around him and he saw what was going on and all the turmoil that was going on, when did Peter start to sink? When he got his eyes off of who? Christ. When we get our eyes off of Christ, we'll begin to sink. <laughs> we'll begin to go down. When I thought about this, I began to think about how important it is to have prepared hearts, pure hearts, teachable spirits. 
And I thought how important it is to really listen to our Savior. When you read the Bible, I want you to understand it's not you just saying words that are on pages. Listen, this word is alive. When you're doing your devotions, you need to pray. Ask God the Holy Spirit to help you understand what you're reading. And then whenever you read it, ask God to enlighten you. When you've been enlightened, you thank God for having enlightened you. And then you thank God for what he taught you that day. And then you take what you have learned from the scriptures. You begin to apply that to your life. Listen, we can change and we can believe him. And the promises that he's given us, we have to trust Christ. When you don't, we're just like the world. We just happen to come to a place on Sunday and gather in a room and let this man stand up here and tell you you're supposed to believe this. Or we believe it. And we begin to live it. We begin to do what it says. Loving God, growing together, being a person that comes with a prepared heart. You know, challenge yourselves. When you get up on Sunday mornings, do you pray that God will bring people to the house of the Lord? Do you pray that morning for people to get saved that day in the services? Do you pray that God prepare your heart to come and meet with him today? Do you ask God to do things? Do you believe your Savior can do things in a service, even on a Sunday night, to change your heart and to change your mind and to change your thinking, that it'll be more in line with Him and more in line with His ways and more in line with what He wants out of us? Do you prepare your heart to come to the house of the Lord? Do you prepare to really step in here and, and let God work on you? Let God do something in your life. You know, I think about this. We need to pray and read our Bible. And we need to study. We need to lead our families. And we need to witness. And we need to serve. And we need to teach. And we need to do all of those things. But man, we got to do it by believing in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we're just going through the motions. You got to trust Christ. You know, when I look at this, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. The word believeth is to have faith, to really entrust, especially your spiritual well-being. And you, you commit that over to him. How committed are we today in that? I began to think about if we're going to be overcomers, things that we have to do regularly in your life. Do you have a time of confession? Do you really have a time of confession? I'm not talking about going someplace to talk to somebody and to tell them what you've done. I'm talking about you getting alone with God and talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm coming to you in a spirit of confession and repentance. When's the last time you really confessed your sins? If I believe in him, I know that I can confess him, and he's faithful, isn't he? What is it is that he's capable of doing? Cleansing me of all unrighteousness. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If you do, do you have a routine in your life of confession, confessing your sins. Do you believe the word of God tonight? Say amen if you believe the word of God tonight. Do you have a regular time of confession, confessing to God? Oh, Lord, I've sinned against you. Do you have a time of faithful prayer? Do you really pray to God? I'm not talking about uh, just repetitious, vain things, saying the same thing over and over again. That's not what I'm talking about. Do you continue in prayer in your Christian life? 
You see, if I have faith in the victor, I have a prayer life. Because I believe he answers prayer. How many of you believe he answers prayer? When I look to the scriptures and I see this, he says, continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving. We've got to have that kind of a spirit about us. When I pray, I have to pray believing that God's going to answer my prayers. When, when I think about this, not only that, do I have a real time of study? You know, the scriptures tell us that we're to study. How many of you know that? Now, that's not just the pastor. <laughs> the Bible says, study to show yourselves approved unto God. <laughs> Do you really study the Bible? How many of you really crack your scriptures open every day to study the Bible? When you think about it, if I have faith in the victor, <laughs> then I'm going to have a regular time of study. Because he told me in the scriptures, he said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be, uh, be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He told me to study. He told me to study. And the thing of it is, is do you have that time of study? Do you have that time of prayer? Do you have that time of confession? Here's the other thing. How many of you really meditate on the Word of God? Now, I'm not talking about memorization now. See, we equate meditation with memorization all the time. Meditation and memorization are two different things. How many of you really meditate upon the scriptures. In other words, you read that passage and you really begin to ponder about what that's about. You really begin to think about it. You meditate upon it. You say it. You look at it. You read it. You ask God, the Spirit of God, to just, Lord, open that up to me. And you really begin to meditate on the Word of God. You know, the scriptures say, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. How often? Day and night. I'm not telling you anything the Bible doesn't say. Now, if I believe in the victor, if I believe in faith, in, 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 and I believe that faith is the victory, and I, I believe it's through Jesus Christ, then I'm going to do those things which he has said to me. You know, this stuff will help you. <laughs> It'll really help you if you do these things. Meditation. You know, when I read that, he said, there in, uh, he said that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there, and for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and, and then thou shalt have good success. <laughs> That's the only time success is used in the scriptures in that vein, you know what I mean? He's talking about this. He said, hey, if you, if you want to have a good life, <laughs> meditate on the word of God. Now, how often should I meditate on the Word of God? What does it teach us in that passage? Day and what? I should have a regular time that I'm getting alone with God and I'm meditating, I'm thinking, I'm pondering, I'm in it. Memorization is a whole different thing. Psalm 119 says, uh, Thy word have I hid in mine, what? Heart that I might not sin against thee. Memorize. Do you know whenever you have it in you, <laughs> a lot of times you go to do something stupid or wrong? You go to sin, God has given you his word. And, and what happens is it goes contrary to the world and to the flesh. And sometimes God can intervene at that moment because you have memorized some passage of scripture and God is using that in your life to stop you, to hinder you from doing anything further to cause you to sin. 
Memorization is very different than meditation. Meditation is sitting there and really pondering and thinking about and, and looking at it. It's just like what we're doing tonight. I'm looking at this passage, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Have you really thought about that for a moment? Have you really given that some thought? Have you really pondered on that for just a moment? Have you really kind of considered what God is saying to us tonight? Have you really let that resonate in your mind and in your heart? Memorization is, is, you know what? I need that in me so what comes out of me will be better. Amen? Because what's in me is what's going to come out of me. Is that not true? Because from a pure, pure heart or a faithful heart, what comes forth? Good fruit, right? And, and you think about an evil heart, an unkind heart, what's going to come forth? And so if I'm putting scripture into me, and when the uh, opportunity arises or something happens, and that's what comes out of me, that can't be so bad. That's got to be pretty good. And so I want to memorize scripture so that it's in me, so that when I'm walking and, and talking and meeting people, and I have Christ on my mind, <laughs> memorizing. The other thing is fellowship with the brethren. He said, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching, you know, I'm never going to feel bad for encouraging people to be in church. <laughs> it's never going to bother me. Do you know why? I got my precedent right here in the scriptures in Hebrews. He said, provoke them to do good stuff. You know what? It's good to be in church. Amen? It's good to be here. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And, and the thing of it is, is I'm never, 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 never going to feel bad when I tell somebody they ought to be here when the doors are open. Amen? It doesn't bother me at all. Because God said that's the way it ought to be. And we have to challenge ourselves to do that. Now, if I believe God, if I believe Christ, I'm going to have a time of confession and prayer and study and meditation, memorization and fellowship. I'm going to do those things. Because I believe in Christ. Believing for us also means trusting, and we have to trust the victor. Overcoming happens through obedience, I think. You can overcome. Listen, you can read this. You can know what it says. But if you don't do it, it ain't going to help you. It's just not. Just because you have a Bible laying on your stand at home doesn't mean by osmosis it's entered in. You have to open this book up. You have to read this. It's a relationship. It's not just going to happen. You have to be in it. And then to know what it says and to do what it says. It's important. When I think about it, obedience to Christ and his word, you know, that starts with salvation. So you get saved and then you get baptized because you are saved. Amen. And then you begin to be discipled and then you become a discipler. You begin to teach others. Let me challenge you with this and I'll finish. When I think about believing Jesus Christ and believing he is the son of God, it's giving us that victory and it helps us to overcome. And you know, as an overcomer, one of the things I realize that happens from time to time, God then increases our faith. You know, I remember the first time I got introduced to missions. <laughs> I remember the first time I gave to, to missions. I really thought I was doing something, you know what I mean? And, and when I realized how blessed I had been in the things that God was actually doing for me and, and I realized what God could do through you it changed my whole thinking about missions everything about it 
And I realized realized what God's capable of doing. And you know, if it's all about what I'm doing and it's not about what he's doing through us, then we're still taking the credit. (laughs) And when I really began to think about all of this, I think God increases our faith. He increased my faith in missions years and years ago. He re- increased my faith in missions. And by the way, missions is probably one of the most important things a local church does. Amen. It just is. We have our own mission field, and then we have to give to missions. It's one of the most important things we do. And then that causes my faith to increase. And I just want to share with you, whenever trouble enters in and you watch God help you get the victory in those situations, that will increase your faith, won't it? You see, I heard the other day, and I'll end it with this story. We have lawnmower parents now. How many of you have heard that? I've heard the helicopter parents, and now we got the lawnmower parents. You know what the lawnmower parents are? They don't want their children to face any obstacles because it'll mess them up. You know, I hope my son trips and falls many times so he can get up, brush himself off, and get moving again. Amen? And the thing of it is, is that I want to tell you something. There's going to be obstacles in our ways as believers, And we have a Savior that will help us overcome it. It didn't say he'd knock it down, but he'll help us overcome. We need to teach our children how to be overcomers. We are going to face trouble and we're going to face problems. Amen? This world is so messed up, folks, as I listen to this account of being these lawnmower parents. (laughs) They don't want their children to face any hardships or anything because it'll really mess them up. You know what's going to mess them up? if they never really face a hardship and when mom and dad die and they realize this is pretty hard and they have no ability whatsoever to overcome. God calls us overcomers. Now, an overcomer doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. An overcomer means there are going to be problems and tribulation and trouble and obstacles. But be of good cheer. He said what? I have overcome the what? Let's pray.